we're talking about kindness this week. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness. I feel like we just started this sermon series. But we've, we're on to, I think, my favorite one. Because like patience, kindness is a lot more investing. You have to, it takes a lot more investment from us than we might think. And so if you, uh, if you have your Bible this morning and you're, you're opening to Galatians 5, you don't have to or anything, but um, there's just one note for you. You can circle that word kindness. If you have one note for it, it's that kindness is a biblical value that's based on how we see one another. It's a biblical value based on how we see one another. That's where we're getting to today. So we're going to take some detours because this is how I preach. Or we're going to go off in some places. We're going to talk about cultural value, a, cult, a different cultural value that's not kindness. But just know that this is where we're getting back to. So if you're struggling to follow me or anything like that, just return to that. Meditate on that idea that kindness is in how we see one another. That's the only thing you take away. You've taken something away that has been, for me, this week profound. So kindness. What is kindness? What does it look like? I won't ask you to answer. <laughs> but we could. We could spitball ideas. You guys would come up with a lot of good stuff. Saying thank you or happy birthday to someone that you're thinking about them. Seems like a kind thing to do. Um, I have a list here that I made up in about two seconds. Uh, carrying in the groceries. That was how I knew I could show my mother kindness. She hated carrying in the groceries. Doing the dishes. That's how my father knew, showed my mother kindness. Um, helping the old lady down the street when she needs to get her gutters cleaned. And not asking her to say thank you. Just doing it. She probably will say thank you, or maybe she'll just say, you can borrow my ladder when you need to clean your gutters, like the old lady on my street did. <laughs> Bringing chicken soup to someone when they're sick, unless it's me, because in that case, you would be bringing me with something with chicken, and I couldn't eat it, and it would just prove that you're thoughtless. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> simply not being a jerk. I mean, it's, it's so simple, right? That's kindness. Just don't be a jerk. But I'm going to add some more things to the list. Speaking truth to power. It's part of biblical kindness. Speaking truth to power. Opposing systemic injustice. Part of biblical kindness. Loving your neighbor. Heard that one before? Yeah. Somebody said that. I forget who. Caring for the homeless or the orphans. What we're doing beginning uh, in October 1st with our homeless ministry. It's an expression of biblical kindness. Visiting those in prison, caring for the sick. Yes, that means bringing chicken soup, as long as they're not a vegetarian. Especially visiting those in prison, too. That's, that's a huge expression of kindness. Because most people who are in prison just want to be seen. Not kicking puppies. Marilyn, I put that one in there for you. 
Many of these things on the first list that I listed before I said the other things, they would also be identified with another English word. And it's problematic. It's problematic because when we conflate a biblical value, the value of kindness with a cultural value, which I'll get to here, um, what happens is if you put them together, then you can start viewing things that are actually not kind as kind. And then when those systems deconstruct and you realize that you shouldn't be doing those things anymore, you might throw kindness out the window with it. Uh, Kindness has an evil twin in culture. An evil twin. And if you have seen any shows with twins, you know that they are often mistaken for one another. I, we have a lot of fraternal twins here at Hope Covenant Church. We don't do the, 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 the um, identical twin thing, but usually that's what they're talking about. In fact, there's a shocking number of shows and movies. This is just the ones that I came up with off the top of my head. Um, where one twin is mistaken for another. And here's why I'm, I'm pointing these out. Because it's like in the episode of Sister, Sister, or Sweet Life of, Life of Zack and Cody, or Live and Maddie, or Two of a Kind, or Lion Game, or, or, or maybe it's in that movie, The Parent Trap, or, or The Prestige, or The Princess Switch, or It Takes Two, or She's the Man, or Motocross, or Switching Goals. You get the point. Culture has identified for us that we as humans think it's hilarious when we mistake one thing for something that looks awful like the other thing. Because that's what comedy is. Comedy, at its core, is reflecting back. So most of these movies are are comedy. Some of them are not. But many of these movies are comedies. Culture likes to reflect back to us a reality. We think it's really funny. I grew up in my my church. We did have identical twins. We we thought it was really funny when the pastor would make a joke about um, mistaking one for the other. Because we all did it. It's really easy for us when two things look very much alike to mistake one for the other. You know, and eventually in those shows, uh, the truth will come out. That's, that's always, you know, maybe it was like they went on a date for the other person or they took a test or, you know, Lindsay Lohan was banished to a cabin in the woods when she did something wrong at camp and met her twin sister and then thwarted the FAA by flying on a false passport back to Great Britain. Have you guys not thought about this in this movie? This movie is really, really twisted, okay? And then when she gets back to Great Britain, when she gets back home, her biological parents, in both cases, both the father and the mother, don't realize that it's a different human being. Talk about being an absentee parent. Like, you don't even realize that your daughter is a different person. And the trauma that they've inspired makes them believe that the only way that they will ever be whole human beings is to get their parents back together. This is a really twisted movie, all right? Like, don't go and see it. Okay, I'm sorry. No, I'm just getting off track. No, but the point is it always comes out, right? Even if it's the nanny or the butler who's really raising your kids. Sorry, I'm going to stop talking about it. That, that, That it always comes out. But here's the real problem. What if in one of those movies it didn't come out? They just went on living that way. The only one that I can think of that's like that is The Prestige. But the truth is never really exposed. That is, I believe, the great fear that we are experiencing today. That the evil twin of kindness, which is the cultural value of niceness, has been so conflated with kindness that we, are, they, we in our culture, they are indistinguishable from one another. 
We believe that kindness and niceness are the same thing. And eventually we will outgrow niceness. I actually believe it's happening right now. We will outgrow niceness. And here's the real loss. If we never separate the two, if we never come to that point in the movie, usually roughly two-thirds between, sometimes three-quarters if it's an episode of a TV show, where we realize that a switch has occurred or a conflation or a confusion has occurred, we will undoubtedly throw out kindness with niceness. And such, we will throw out kindness, a biblical value, with the proverbial bathwater. Because that's how valuable kindness is. It's a fruit of the Spirit. God calls us to kindness. In fact, one of the primary attributes of God, we'll get into this in a moment, is kindness in the Old Testament. It's one of the most primary assets, attributes of God. And why is niceness going out of style? Because here, here's the thing. Niceness is certainly a cultural value. Like, I don't, I don't think I have to go down that, but, but what do we say to our kids, right? If you don't have something nice to say, don't. Yeah, right? You know what I'm really glad of? Martin Luther King didn't listen to his mom. Dietrich Bonhoeffer must not have listened to his parents very well. Nelson Mandela, Martin Luther, Abraham Lincoln, the apostles, Paul, Peter, James, and John, Jesus, said a lot of unnice things. They weren't very nice often, but they were always kind. The entire Old Testament is filled with prophets. Probably the primary thing that the Old Testament is good for, the prophets. They appear all over the place. Even in books that aren't about prophets, prophets. Prophets almost necessarily say unnice things. They speak truth to power. They oppose systemic injustice. And so we are, we have as a society realized that niceness sometimes is not the way to get things done. Just saying nice things. And so we've moved away from niceness as a culture, in general. And look at the way in which we converse in political dialogue. Nobody's nice to each other anymore. We move away. We laugh harder and harder at comedians who expose that our culture is falling away with niceness. And as a Scandinavian, this is deeply troubling to me because this is core to my understanding of the world, just being nice. But like I said, the real danger is not in losing niceness. We can deal with that as a culture. We'll, we'll get over niceness, just saying a nice thing. What we will not get over is losing kindness. And so, niceness, I guess I should have put the slide up before, is not the same as kindness. And so, I want to just take a moment here. We're going to talk about what kindness is versus what niceness is. But I think what's important here is to remember that Niceness and kindness, these aren't words that are actually written in the Bible. There are other words that we translate into these words because the Bible was not written in English. So I'm not going to go with the Greek this morning. I could, but I won't. Um, because the Old Testament has a much better word, 
much more descriptive word that's translated as kindness than the New Testament. Ultimately, I learned this, Lisa, from sign language. I learned that nice was the same when you say somebody looks nice or they are nice because it was only surface level. The Bible understands this too. This is why they have a a very specific word. It's probably the most important word in the Old Testament. I'm going to say that, and uh, you're going to say maybe not, um, but I, I, I think we can stand on this, actually. I think I have a pretty good leg to stand on. More dissertations have been written on the word chesed. Can you say chesed? Come on, you got to get through the phlegm and the chesed, you know? Chesed. More dissertations have been written on the word chesed than any other word in the Old Testament, any other Hebrew word, period. It is the primary descriptor of God in the Old Testament. Chesed. We spend more time talking about this word than we do talking about the four consonants that make up Yahweh. That is actually less significant to scholars because it's just a name than the descriptor chesed. And chesed is often translated as love or chasing love and all these things. But more often than that, it's actually translated as mercy and kindness. You'll notice mercy does not appear on the, uh, on the list of fruits of the Spirit because mercy is a natural outpouring of kindness. You, if you're kind, you're merciful. The only word in that list of, of the fruits of the Spirit. Love transcends all the others. Everything comes out of love. But other than that, all of the rest of the ones have individual merits. And so adding mercy would be redundant because if you love someone and that leads to kindness, you don't, you don't, you'll naturally be merciful. And so I could, I, I mean, we could preach on the word hesed just by itself, hesed for, for five or six weeks, all the different times it's used and all the importance. I'm not going to do that. All I'm going to say is that it's a descriptor of God. It's been studied more than any other word in the Old Testament. And it means kindness. Or more specifically, it means kindness that naturally pours out from covenant love. And it's massively important because how we understand who God is shapes our worldview. So when we talk about having a fruit of the Spirit, a gift that comes from God, the gift of kindness, understanding that God is kind will change the way that we view kindness. Because God is not always nice, but God is always kind. He's always chesed. So this is how I'm going to differentiate the two. You can take a picture of the slide if you want. How can we differentiate niceness, which is a cultural value, temporal meaning transient value, and kindness, which is a biblical eternal value? Nice, being nice, is acting the right way. It's a very good thing. You want to act the right way. If I didn't act the right way, I couldn't hold this job. I couldn't hold other jobs. Sometimes being nice is important. But the right way is a culturally defined term changes. Sometimes acting the right way in one culture will look like acting the wrong way in another culture. This is why when cross-cultural communication happens, oftentimes people just go, oh, those people, I don't like them because they're not nice. When I've seen communications between people who grew up in different spheres, 
One of the primary things that I hear from both sides, those people, not nice. Because niceness is a culturally divine value. So nice, being nice is acting the right way. Being kind is viewing someone the right way. I want you to take that, store it, compartmentalize it. Being nice, that's acting. Being kind, that's viewing someone the right way. Niceness goes skin deep. It's a shallow value. It only holds as long as cultural definition of what being nice is holds. When cultural values change, niceness changes. You want a good example? You know nice people in your life, I'm sure. Back a nice person into a corner. See what happens. Back him into a corner. I'm not saying physically. I mean, you could do that too. Just you know, but back him into a corner. Argue with them until they're red in the face. Niceness gone. Maybe they have outstanding patience. Plug for the last sermon. But eventually, their patience will run out. They may be slow to anger, but eventually they'll get there. And when they do, the niceness is fleeting. Kaboom, as Herm just signed. Gone. Now kindness, you back a kind person into a corner, a person who views you as a child of God, who views you as a human being, who regardless of your circumstances is inherently valuable, who they are connected to, you, who could be a member of their own family. When they see you as a human being first, rather than your circumstances or what you're wearing or something else, when they're seeing you the right way, not just acting towards you the right way, you back them into a corner and they'll never snap. I mean, they might get mad. They might not even be nice, but they'll never stop viewing you that way. You want a, a good example? Look at how people treat their kids. People treat their kids like we ought to treat everybody as Christians, if you believe this whole thing. We're a family. We're supposed to be a family. And so if we're going to treat you, when you, your kids, they'll, they'll get on your nerves. Eventually you might even yell at them. But, but ultimately, you always are viewing them as a person who's inherently valuable as a person who's created not only in God's image, but if it's your biological child, often your image. Which is sometimes easier for biological parents. Limits us from being as good as we could be. But we see our kids differently than we see just random people out in the world. But being kind, that's viewing people the right way. And so, if you're a person who just likes to say the right thing, got news for you. That social convention, it'll only hold so long. Someday, the right thing to say to somebody will be different. Language changes, especially now. Social convention changes. We can't make it go back to the good old days. There were no good old days. But kindness? That's something we can reclaim. 
So this is my charge to you. Embrace kindness. And as soon as you realize, you might say, oh, okay, John, but like every fruit of the Spirit, you've said, we can't make it happen. We can't white-knuckle it. We can't force it. We can't just do it. We have to feel it. We have to experience it. It's an outpouring from God. It's an outpouring from the Holy Spirit. It's a gift. Well, as soon as you start seeing niceness and kindness as separate things, you'll realize you can't fake kindness. It's impossible. You don't see a person the right way. When you see somebody on the street or in your life, if you start praying for the Holy Spirit to give you the eyes to see them as if they were your own mother or father or child, that they, you would see that they're created in the image of God, that they have the same imago Dei, the image of God that you have, when you start going down that path, when you, when you get to the end of the movie, when you switch and you separate the twins and you remember which Lindsay Lohan belongs to which parent, when you get to that point, you won't be able to fake it anymore. And I truly believe, church, that that's the problem. That's the problem with society. We've gotten rid of niceness. Sure, whatever, I don't care. I was never a nice person to begin with, so. But in the act, we're starting to get rid of kindness. And if we stop seeing people who think differently than us, then look differently than us, then worship differently than us, vote differently than us. When we stop seeing them as divinely image-bearing human beings that are integrally connected to our existence, we stop being kind and we stop listening to the Holy Spirit, which is supposed to make us Christians different. So that's my charge. Pray. Pray that when you see someone that you would be spoken to, that you would hear God in your mind, that God would tell you that person, they are valuable. Love them like you're, they're your own. Be kind to them. See them the right way. When you pray that, when you start to believe that, you'll realize why it's a gift. Because it'll cause you a lot of pain, but it'll be oh so worth it. Invite the worship team up as I pray. Heavenly Father, let us be people who see people the right way. Which is the way that you have said that you see us. As children, as daughters and sons, as mothers and fathers, as aunts and uncles and brothers and sisters. Lord, allow us to see people how you wish for the world to see each other. Let us not be caught up in cultural values of niceness or not niceness, which at their core are just shadowy, fake, temporal 
excuses for kindness. Let us be so caught up in seeing people the right way that we naturally say not necessarily the right thing, but the loving thing. Lord, the fight that we fight is not against one another. It is not against flesh and blood. And so let us not see other human beings as our enemies. Let us not see people who are different, think different, act different than us as the enemy. Let us see them as you see them. Very good. Amen.